Hi there, and welcome to Adaptivist Live, the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. Today's subject, there's no I in team. I'm Ryan Spilken, and joined, as always, by the ever-team-working co-host, Matthew Stubblefield. Hi, Matthew. Hi, Ryan. I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the made up titles. That's that's a real skill you bring to the team, Ryan. You you're the real champion on this team. <laughs> I do something. I have to find some way to justify my employment. We are joined by two very special guests today. First, we have Adaptivists Global Head of Professional Services, Gareth Llewellyn. Hi, Gareth. Hi there, Ryan. Thanks for joining us today. Also joining us, the legendarily likable Long Island managing consultant, Nelson Jordan. Hi, Nelson. Hi, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be here. I think we're going to actually have a bit of a battle of the accents between the two of you today, but it'll be fun. Um, So we're going to do something very different than normal with our Thunderbolt round. And today's Thunderbolt round, we're going to make it a complete like a free for all and talk about who would drag out. Yeah. Knock down drag out. Who would win in a fight? The A team versus the Harlem Globetrotters. What do you guys think? It's surely it depends, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah. Firstly, where's it going to happen? Do they have to get on a plane to get there? And secondly, (laughs) secondly, do the A team have uh, a good half a day to prepare with some welding torches and a disused garage somewhere to uh, get ready for the fight. I, is, is is the A-team piloting the plane or is United? Because I feel like that makes a big difference. <laughs> well, well, that's going to take out members of the team before they even get there. And that's dangerous <laughs> in and of itself. Um, is, is, a flight, is a flight originating from LaGuardia? Because that makes a big difference too. <laughs> that is, that's going to end, <laughs> end the whole thing, really. Um, well, like and also... I can't remember what movie it was, but there was some movie where the Harlem Globetrotters, I don't know if it was a cartoon or what it was, they got into this this sort of brawl and they just destroyed everything because they know how each other's going to move. Like they know each other so well. They're, they're like a well-oiled machine and they they just dominated, you know, whatever field of battle they're on because they they work so well together. Well, I think if they, you're, you're pulling for the Harlem Globetrotters in this fight where... I, I think know. the I think the Globetrotters, I think preparation, I think their their practice really pays off. A team is is uh you know, they're they're awesome, but they're skin of teeth. They 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 managed to pull it off against, you know innumerable odds, absolutely. Mm. But who I mean the A team has a pretty cool van. That's true. And, and they're undefeated. And they're so not the A team, have you? No. But the Globetrotters time. also plus undefeated. You also got to think of which A team. Yeah, I like the A team with Mr. T because that's, well, that's that's like, isn't that the only A team? No, there was a movie. That's there was a B team. Yeah, there was a B team. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, uh, I, I, it's it's of course it's the classic A team. You can't have the the movie it's version. Be. It's yeah, it's the classic. Yeah. It's Mr. Yeah. T. Yeah. It's the no. face. You know, it's Murdoch. The, the, you're not you're not messing around. I like to think that this would all actually come to a point. And the A team and Harlem Globetrotters would join forces with the Scooby Doo mm. team, and they would solve a mystery. Like they it starts off as a misunderstanding, and it ends with everybody coming together, and great justice is done. Yeah, but will Wilma allow that? You know, Wilma is the the solver. 
Yeah, she is. Yeah, Velma does. She definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely sort of runs the show. Well, um, we also got the Flintstones in there. We just kind of bring it all together. Yeah, bring it all together. Wilma, Velma. Yeah. In all fairness, I like to compare. You know, uh, Nelson and I are in New York, and there's a baseball team, an American baseball team, uh, called the New York Mets. I like to think of the Mets as the team that always plays the Harlem Globetrotters. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> they're lovable, but they're total losers. <laughs> anyway, um, so we brought. It you sounds guys like on. it sounds like this group. It sounds like this group is on the side of the eighteen. Just yeah. with the football round to rest. It sounds like I am outnumbered here. Oh, you got as the victim. No, I like what you said about the Globe Trotters. The A team has guns, though. Mm. Yeah, right. but they never shoot anyone, do they? No, no, it's true. The van has the pop-up machine gun. How how does anyone beat that? With a basketball. Yeah. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> throw it, they're gonna throw the basketball in and then the machine gun's gonna blow up. That's how and, it would happen. <laughs> yeah, and then and then so and then it's like a Batman versus Superman thing. Somebody says Martha and they understand. Yeah, that's, okay, that's really and then bad. Scooby Doo comes in. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Casey Kasem's the voice of Robin <laughs> and the voice of Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So we brought you here because you you both have a very unique perspective. You work with distributed teams, and you guys run the show. Well, Gareth runs the show, but Nelson, you pretty much run the show too. Um, and yeah, like we want to talk show. a little bit about how that gets done. So besides your inimitable personal skills, tell us a little bit about some of the tools you use and the way we communicate. Uh, yeah, I can start if you like. So, uh, yeah. uh, so I mean, we have a really distributed global team. We've got loads of people in the UK, but we've also got people in the US and Canada. Um, but also we have a few other people distributed around the world as well. So for us, making the best use of the tools we have available to us is really important. And so there's a whole bunch of tools we use. Obviously, there's standard things like email, uh, video conferencing, things like Skype and Zoom, uh, but obviously all the Atlassian tools as well. So in particular, uh, Confluence and Jira are massive, as you'd expect for us. Um, but they're, they're really one of the, the key ways we communicate, particularly across multiple time zones. Um, but obviously for Nelson, it's a little bit different because his team are much closer in time zone. Yes. One of the things that I really like about um, the Atlassian products is, is HipChat. Is it is not not only from a collaborative perspective, but you're actually putting a face to a name. You know, as, as you know, a lot of people when we work remote, we deal with names, unknown entities. As you put a face to a name, it builds that relationship, that 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 team. It forces team bonding, and I've seen that work tremendously from when I first started, where it was just a name, and then once I started seeing them on on HipChat, and then as we started going and getting getting together as a team, that that building, that team building was enhanced by seeing someone's face and getting to know them. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. I mean, one of the things that we have in HipChat is most of our teams will have their own HipChat room. And it's amazing how just having that group within a tool like HipChat instantly does feel like a team. There is that bond, whereas you don't get that with um, a, an email thread that happens to be the same people. That There isn't that kind of sort of sense of community that, that you get within a hip chat room. Is it me or is email just the worst? 
Like <laughs> definitely prefer instant messenger to email, um, even though, I mean, it's still asynchronous, you know, it's, there's no guarantee somebody's going to reply, but, but there's something about spending time in a room. You can see people's names when they're online, that presence. Uh, I felt this when I came to Adaptivist, like I was closer to a lot of my teammates who were in the UK than at my previous job where we lived in the same city and, sure. you know, but, but just, we had that constant connection was nice. Uh, I've heard that from team members who are in the UK talking about us. And what's interesting to me, I made this observation about our learning and development hip chat room. Uh, learning and development at Adaptivist currently has five people, including me. I think we've got 30 people in that hip chat room. Like, it's, it's kind of a big party. Like it's, it's cause it, it pulls everybody in and we all want to talk to each other. And I really like that. And most of the time, we just want to talk about Kara. But that's a whole other story. What's that, Nelson? Sorry. I thought it was about you. You and your guitar playing. Nah. He tries to make it about him. I, I know. He gets a podcast. He doesn't get the instant messenger, too. Yeah, I don't need, I don't need both. One's enough. One's enough. Oh. The guitar in the background, which all of our viewers at home, which we have no viewers. Everyone's just listening. One of the key features that, that, that I like about HipChat is, as Matthew was saying, is that instant collaboration is where is instead of an instead of an email, I know we all use email in the past, sneak in that way. You send an email, you basically throw it over the fence. Uh, as Matthew was saying, is we're all in, in these team rooms, and when somebody has a question, it may not be relevant to you, but you may have some information that can instantly instantly respond, whether it's on a computer. Or as most of us know, we, we have the HipChat app where, you know, we may not be officially on the clock, but we're always on a clock. And we get a, we get a, a text on our phone and we respond on the phone in the HipChat app. That's what I like. It's that instant connectivity. Now, you know, sometimes when you're on vacation, I see myself looking at the HipChat room and I try not to answer, but it's very hard not to answer, not, not to help out your teammates. Well, you know, it's... I get a, a great feeling of, and this is just me, and I don't know if you guys share this, but part of the way that we um, have built our team and our and build our teams is through levity. HipChat is not, I mean, it's business. Yeah, we're doing our job. We're doing work. But there are always some jokes flying. And it, it brings us closer together, right? We, we joke around about uh, some, some really funny stuff in the main room where everyone is. And then in our team rooms, there are sort of running jokes and, and you see how those sort of develop. That's a little bit of a cultural thread that brings us together. I enjoy the regular change of the room topic so that so it mirrors the current joke of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I do that. Like, uh, <laughs> not, not, not only from a, um, you know, uh, from that perspective, but also from accolades, you know, we all, we've had different individuals that have passed certain certifications, have passed probation. It's very nice to broadcast that onto a greater audience in, in a collaboration method and anybody starts responding. Congratulations. That I, that I think from a, from a MC perspective to have that being not only for myself, but have the greater adaptivists see that what the resources are doing is fantastic. Oh, I think it's so cool. You see people from every area of the company start congratulating people, even just totally disparate areas and saying, boom, you know, it's always hitting like that. Go ahead. So, so, uh, yeah. Just coming back to email and just how bad it is. Um, <laughs> I think, I mean, personally, I think email is great when it's used for the right thing. There are some things email is absolutely the right communication method for, but I, I think the problem comes from, for so long, email was the only reliable 
form of, of communication that many of us had other than picking up the phone or something because for many years video conferencing sucked um didn't always have access to to tools like skype or zoom and things like that or, or hipchat for that matter so we're so used to using email for all of our communication even when it's not not appropriate and i think many of us are still trying to sort of get out of that mode of communication and i think all organizations suffer from that because i i think pretty much all organizations are embracing the, the new communication tools that are available but many of us still very easily revert back to email even when it's not appropriate so it sounds like in terms of managing a distributed team, what I'm hearing from both of you is communication is really key for that. It's messenger helps that and other stuff. Um, you know, what else do you use to communicate to your team, give them, you know, sort of some clear expectations or, or help them to know what it is you're, you're wanting them to do. Uh, what work needs to be done today, this week, uh, sort of what's your process for that? Well, so that's really, oh, sorry, Nelson, you go ahead. One of the things from a from a from a, a, a squad base is we, we use um, we use Confluence quite a bit and Jira quite a bit. We have Kanban boards to outline what are the the tasks associated with uh, the team, what proposals the, the team is working on, what are the sell opportunities from a a PM and, and MC perspective. It, it allows us to as we have a daily scrum calls allows us very easily to see quantitative what's being done how far it is. If there's any impediments, we can automatically mark that and the whole team sees that. So if somebody has any, any questions, any concerns, or has some free time to assist someone who's having issues with that particular task, we can very easily jump on that. But that, that in itself is very helpful. Instead of you know, writing it down on a piece of paper, sending an email thread, which may or may not be accurate, and it's not collaborative. Absolutely. I, I, we obviously we use Jira a huge amount for keeping track of uh, various tasks and activities and who's responsible for them at any one time. What, one of the things that I think is really important as well is that you don't just rely on those kind of tools uh, because people do use tools in different ways. Some people will live in their own personal Jira dashboard. Other people will rely on email notifications that come from Jira and things like that. So having a daily stand-up or, or some kind of weekly meeting, whatever is appropriate for that particular team. Uh, having that actual um, face-to-face, ideally, but having that direct contact with, uh, sort of over video conference or something, I think is really important to just help uh, everyone understand what, what the expectations are, who's working on what, um, what things like when are you expecting to have it completed, uh, who's going to be responsible for the next activity, uh, that that happens uh, once you've completed your task and things like that. Perfect. So if you listened to last week's podcast, which is okay if you didn't, you know that um, we were in Canada as a team. We brought everybody together. The North Americans, uh, the North American Adaptivist Group came together. And <clears throat> I was there too. Matthew was, it was true. The, the four of us that you hear today were all there in person. Um, what do you think? Why, why did we bring everybody together? Was that helpful for you guys? Like, did you, do you feel like that improved your, your teams? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I mean, it's, it's one of those things we can do as sort of everything possible to work remotely uh, as, as efficiently as we can, making use of the best use of all the tools available to us and things like that. However, you absolutely cannot beat 
face-to-face interaction. Um, I mean, right now we're, we're obviously using Zoom, so we're uh, so we can see each other and things like that. But actually, the body language uh, that you have when you're physically face-to-face, it, 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 that's so important. You, you can't underestimate that. So. I think it is really important to bring um, teams together like that uh, sort of whenever you can. But also something that I heard about uh, recently when it comes to having teams work efficiently and, and, and essentially having teams bond together is that not only do they need some kind of work-based mission to work together on to bond, but they also need to have interaction outside of work so if you have a team that are simply getting together in the office and working on work tasks fine but actually it's also better if they can have some kind of social activities together so whether that's just getting together for lunch or going for a coffee together or something like that and i mean i I can't remember where i heard this but the research suggests to get the best team bonding you need both of that social and the work-based interaction in a team to to really get everyone uh, so it's yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with what Jared just said. Zoom, HipChat, Skype, it's it, it's an added feature when you can see somebody's face and, and actually put a, put a face to a name. But as Gary mentioned, you really need that interaction. Uh, it's just a, another step ahead. And as we all know at Adaptivist, we, we all work hard, and when we get together, we all play hard. That's uh, very yeah. true. Well, there's a, there's a certain aspect of, you know, when you're over Zoom, when you're at a distance, every interaction has to be very deliberate. It's going to be very scheduled. You got to put a meeting request in. You got to try to get people set down. And that, that brings a certain tone to any interaction. It's not like around a, around a coffee maker or just stop my space desk to see how they are. And without those sort of casual social interactions, we, we lose opportunities to be vulnerable with each other. And without that vulnerability, you don't build trust. And without trust, you're not as an effective a team. And so, like without getting together in person, it's very hard to do. For our colleagues in the London office, I mean, yesterday was uh, yesterday um, not being actually the day before this podcast published. Uh, so whatever this was, it was in the past because we're not, despite the name, we're not live. Uh, as a spoiler, spoiler alert, not live. But um, but yesterday of whenever this was uh, was um, Eid. It was uh, it was the end of Ramadan. And in the London office, there were these wonderful pictures shared over HipChat. They, they had this like feast, uh, like lunchtime, I think it was. It was like 7 a.m. our time. We we're seeing the, the pictures of, of all the food. But it, it's just, it's wonderful to have those events. And for like, that's what builds, you know, a workplace community that, that works better together. Feels uh, like a family. Gareth is absolutely right. You got to have both to, to gain like maximum effectiveness. The only problem with this is that uh, in the New York office, we didn't get any of Tom Lasparini's tiramisu, <laughs> and I'm a by little New York sp- office. Ryan means <laughs> in my house, uh, and really, what it just means is I love tiramisu, because so, <laughs> that is that is, and I'm sure the last sure. knows what he's doing. So, guys, we use the tools. We 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 get our team centered around our work. We communicate fairly constantly. How can Atlassian improve the tools? to make managing distributed teams even better? Well, I think it's probably less about improving the tools and more about improving the usage of the tools. Uh, The tools already have great functionality in place to help with collaborative working. I mean, Confluence is a great example of that. Um, Whether you're sharing a page, just controlling who has access to it, 
using features like the like features. I mean, that, that is incredibly powerful in itself. Someone writes a blog post, you don't need to write a big response to it. You can just hit that little like icon straight away. That's a bit of um, affirmation to them that you've read it, you understand what they said, and, and that you agree with them or you appreciate what, what they're writing. So there's loads of great functionality in the tools already, but it's really about using it. And I, I think that's where I, I see uh, a, a lot of the companies that we help maybe just not necessarily making the best use of the tools. So helping educate uh, the users and encouraging people to explore the tools, make the best use of that kind of functionality. I agree. One, one of the things that, that I like to see as well is how do you integrate HipChat with the other tool sets? You know, right now, right now, basically, HipChat is, is a standalone function. It would be nice to have uh, ServiceDesk, Jira, uh, either auto automatic HipChat response or a notification. It's great to have an email, but if you're working in front of, in front of the computer all day, uh, chances chances are you don't view your email on a daily basis. What you see most often is something get popped up on your HipChat. If you could have that automation come into into HipChat, something that's critical, then you, you could be proactive and, and take a look at it instead of having to wait for your email. Uh, so, so that is something that I know some of our teams do use a lot. So, for example, I know our engineering team have um, sort of like when a build fails, they'll get a notification in HipChat and uh, and, and, and like our support team as well, they'll get posts automatically in HipChat as well. So I think there are some great um, great integrations already available for it, which, and again, it's about making sure you make effective use of them. But I think HipChat is definitely one of those tools that can be leveraged probably much more than most organizations already do with those kind of interactions. And in particular, integrating with other, maybe non-Atlassian third-party tools that, uh, that that you don't have already. Um, so I've, I've seen in some organizations where HipChat is effectively seen almost like another team member because it is the automated sort of conduit for information from those other tools. So whether it be Jira, whether it's your Bamboo build system or, or whatever it is, um, having those messages come through into HipChat like an, uh, just like another member of the team is, is really valuable. Awesome. So that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Adaptivist Live. Do you have a suggestion for the podcast or would you like to be a guest? Just send us a message at learn at adaptivist.com. Are you interested in joining an elite team of Atlassian experts that secretly wish that we were in a 70s action TV show? Visit joinadaptivist.com. So for Matthew Stubblefield, Gareth Llewellyn, and Nelson Jordan, I'm Ryan Spilkin, and we'll see you next week on Adaptivist Live. The movie is notable for one thing, dropping a, you know, dropping a tank out of a, out of an airplane. So it's a vehicle within a vehicle. <laughs>